Good stuff, good stuff. How many of you guys are excited to be here at City Life tonight? That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Excited to be here as well. Hey, we're going to be in Romans chapter 8. So if you got your Bibles, and I hope you do, you can go ahead and turn to Romans chapter 8. That's where we're going to be again tonight. This is your first time tonight, or it's your first time in a while. We've been going through a sermon series called Project Hope, where we've been talking about hope. We as a church have been redefining hope for ourselves, that hope is not an emotion. A lot of times that we can walk through life and we can hope that something to be true, which is to we hope, we wish that something could be true. That our hopes amount to nothing more than just a wish that a kid could have at their birthday. That's just what hope has been for us or can be for us. But hope is a virtue. When you look at scripture, hope is something so much more than a wish. Hope is a confident expectation. It's a confident expectation that is sure, that is based on the faith that we have in Jesus Christ. That he has come for us, that he has made a way for us, that he is our reason for hope. Hope is a virtue that when there is no reason for hope, we find every reason to hope. That is what we've been talking about as a church. And last week, what we jumped into and and began to talk about is the reality of suffering. The suffering is present in this world, and suffering is a reality that we all deal with suffering From the smallest of situations to the biggest of situations, we will endure trials, we will have difficulties in moments where we feel lost, where we feel pain, where we feel discomfort. Those are realities that will always be present in this world. Because this world is broken, sin is present, each and every one of us, you and I as human beings, will suffer in this world. Suffering is not only something that's present because of sin, but it's something that's present because of our bad choices. Sometimes we just do dumb things, right? Everybody's with me on that, right? I definitely do. Sometimes suffering pain can be present because God wants you to go through something. He wants to allow you to experience something so that he can grow you and strengthen you and help you to discover something in yourself that you never otherwise would discover. Maybe you'll see something that needs to be taken away from you. Maybe you'll see something that needs to be added to you. Maybe you just find that you need to go through something so that you can help somebody else see hope when they absolutely cannot see it. That God allows things to happen in our lives, that there's a reason for suffering. And as we walk through this life, we'll see that God gives us a way to handle, to, to work through our sufferings. And he does that through the hope that is Jesus Christ, that we are not just present in this world and then one day this world's gonna be over and that's it, but we're in this world and one day this world will be over and we will be with God for all of eternity. And not only is this eternal hope reality, but there's also a present hope that during this world, during these times, we still have hope, that hope is present not just for one day, but hope is present for now. So we have this eternal hope. We have this hope that God is with us, that he cares for us, that he has a tomorrow for us, but he also has a day for us. That is the God of hope that we live and that we follow. And as we follow him, he gives us a prayer, that we have a prayer in him, that we can go to him and we can lift up our voice to him in confidence because he's a God who wants to hear us. He's a God that wants to be in conversation with us. He's a God who wants to hear our frustrations and our doubts. He's also a God who loves us so deeply and so intimately that when we're in so much pain and so much disconfusion and disorientment that we don't even know what to say, that our sighs and that our breaths are prayer that are lifted to him by the Holy Spirit. 
that he hears us in our pain when we don't even have the words to speak. He's a loving God who is always present. We always have a reason for hope as followers of Christ. That is the hope that we have and that we hold on to. And so tonight we're gonna continue on here in Romans chapter eight and talk about hope. So I'm gonna start off with a story about uh, when we first, some of you guys know our, our, our personal story, Michelle and I, uh, not everybody does, but um, we uh, uh, lived here for a couple months in transition of, of trying to find jobs and, and different things um, back in 2006. And uh, we were living here in Hampton with my parents for a couple months trying to figure things out and uh, kept getting this call um, from this guy out in uh, Missouri asking me to come out there and interview for a job at a Bible school out there. And um, I, I, when he called, I was just like, I was, didn't even think it was real. I sent out my resume, you know, a thousand different places. So, you know, you get random people that solicit things and they're just making stuff up to get your social security and, and so, or whatever it is. And so he calls and I'm just like, I'm like blowing the guy off and just not even giving him the time of day, you know. And uh, I was actually at my current job and temporary job and I was just like, whatever, and just kind of hung up the phone. And then he calls me back like the next day. He's just like, hey, and, and I'm just like, dude, I, I'm not gonna move to Missouri right? Um, I was working at a college, and then I left that college because I want to be in full-time ministry, and so that's my goal. That's what I'm going to do. I believe that's what I'm called to, and so I'm not going to go back to work for a college, and he's just like, all right, well, I just want you to think about it and pray about it, and I was like, no. <laughs> he's just like, well, just make a promise. Like, don't you think God could have something? You would make a promise that maybe if you pray, maybe God will speak to you, and I'm like, no, I really don't, but... <laughs> whatever. And so like, I was like, all right. And so he's like, I'm going to call you back in a couple of days and we'll just talk then. And so he calls me back and, and he's like, did you pray about it? I was like, kind of. <laughs> and so, you know, he's just like, well, do you, what do you think? And I was like, man, I just, I just don't know. Like, I don't really feel like this is for us. I don't really feel like this is, you know, what, what God wants us to do. And so um, he, uh, he's like, well, let me tell you this. He's like, why don't I fly out to you and we'll do an interview there in the air- airport and if you feel like that interview is good, then I'll fly you out here to Missouri at that point. And I was just like, huh, I'll entertain that. <laughs> and so, so we go through it, and he calls up, and he's like, hey, dude, listen, I, the best flight I can find is to Washington, D.C. Would you be willing to drive up to D.C.? Which I love D.C., and so I was like, yes, right? And so um, we'll, we'll, we'll take a trip up there and be willing to do that, which ended up being the trip from hell because Braden was like one and screamed the entire time, as we got stuck in traffic on the way back, it was awesome. But um, so we're just sitting there and, and, and we're at, you know, interviewing and it leads to one thing or another, as you probably know, we just came from Missouri, so we ended up going out to Missouri. We're out there in Missouri in January of 2007 and the worst ice storm that they ever had hits. Now, we've had ice storms out here. I know back in the 90s, we had a pretty bad one, but this was like 10 times worse than that. Like the entire city of Springfield and most of Southwest Missouri was out of electricity in the cold for about seven to eight weeks. Like I know people that literally almost went three months with no power in their house. And it wasn't because they lived out like somewhere out in the middle of nowhere, right? You know, like, no. They lived in the city, and it was like that hard hit. Our, our, we stayed in a hotel that had a generator, so we were good. But like, I mean, our rental car had a tree on top of it. I mean, trees everywhere were gone. You can still see the damage today, and it happened back in 2007. And so we're just like, what in the world? Oddly enough, we're stuck there extra four days. Those four days actually is what helped us to realize that's where God wanted us, which is crazy, right? 
But so then we moved there, and not too much longer after that, um, this was, we've been there just for a few months um, at this point, but uh, it was uh, later on in March, um, they had one of the worst thunderstorms they ever had, and over 20-some tornadoes touched down in one night in the area of Springfield. 20-some tornadoes in one night, right? And I'm like, why in the world did we move here, right? <laughs> like, what is wrong with this place? Not only was there like 20-some tornadoes, but there was like hail falling down the sky that looked like Superman was throwing it down. It was like kryptonite. I guess Superman can't throw kryptonite, but whatever, right? It was just crazy. Like, I mean, it was just jagged. It wasn't smooth like rock, you know, look at, the, it was this nasty-looking stuff that was like it's going to stick into your skull if you go outside, right? So you're just like, what is this? And so, I mean, we're just crazy. So, like, at this point, I mean, we're from Florida. Uh, we lived in Florida a long time. And so, you know, when you have bad storms in Florida, it's usually hurricanes. We lived inside, of, like, outside of Orlando, which is central Florida. So by the time the hurricanes get to us, really, it doesn't mean much other than a big storm. So we go play soccer and have fun, right? And so you're always outside watching and all that stuff. So big storm, we're just, like, standing at the glass windows. We put Braden somewhere safe, but we're, like, standing at the glass windows. We're looking and watching all this different stuff. And then we, like, start seeing stuff and hearing stuff seeing this crazy rock falling out of the sky. And so I turn on the news, right? And I'm looking at the news and I'm just sitting there and I'm just watching it and they're telling us all this different stuff. And the guy's like, there's eight tornadoes that have touched down and all this. I'm like, good Lord, eight tornadoes, what in the world? And so he's just going more and more and just talking about it and we're just listening to him. And, and then as he kind of goes on, he's just like gets into it after a while and He's like, hey, the storm's kind of winding down. It looks like it's done. We've had like, you know, 18 tornadoes touch down and just kind of, you know, whatever. And this different area has been a little bit of damage. But for all that have touched down, it really hasn't been that big of a deal. And so I'm just kind of like, okay, I'm getting bored with this. You know, should I go ahead and go to bed? And so I'm just like, well, let me flip it to another channel and just see what this guy's doing, right? And see what he's got to say about everything that's going on. Maybe they got some better pictures because we all know that, right? We just want to see the pictures, right? We're trying, you're not talking about anything. You're not showing me any pictures of damage. I'm going to go see if somebody else got it. If not, then I'm going to go to bed, right? And, uh, and so we flip it to another weather channel and I flip it to there and the guy, I kid you not, as quick as I turn it to that channel, the guy goes, Hey, listen, if you live on Chestnut Expressway, you and Kansas Expressway, if you live in that area, a tornado has just touched down. That was my neighborhood, right? Homeboy over here is like, ah, oh, there's not much going on. It's just kind of dying down. There's not really, flip it over. And then I got this guy. If you live in Chestnut, pray for your life, go to your basement. It could all be over for you. So then I flip it back to this guy. Yeah, there's not really much going on. It's just kind of whatever. It's a bad storm. Uh, you know, it's kind of boring. Flip it over to this guy. Seriously, get in your basement. I'm like, what is happening? There's two. Who do I trust in this moment? What am I supposed to do? And so we're just standing there just looking at it. It's like, my God, what am I supposed to do? So we stared out the glass windows and waited to see what happened. All right. That's what we did. We moved Braden to our walk-in closet, but we put our life in peril and just said, we'll see what happens. We'll just trust Jesus in this moment. And so... In that moment, we had two different things, two different voices speaking to us, two different realities that were present, and we had to choose which one we were going to listen to. Man, as we go through life and as we face our trials and our situations, there's voices that are speaking to us that are calling for us to see things one way or another. 
And when we're in our trials and when we're in our difficulties, there's a voice that is speaking to us to say, this trial, this pain, this suffering that you're facing, it is proof that your God is distant. It is proof that your God doesn't love you. It is proof that there's no reason for you to hope. There's another voice that is speaking to you and it says, this trial that you're going through, this pain that you're going through, this difficulty that you're going through, there is hope in it and not only is there hope, but it is proof of my love and it is proof that I can provide for you and care for you and pull you through anything. Which voice are we listening to? Which voice is calling out to us the loudest and which one is the one that we are responding to? And that is the question that we have to ask ourselves. Many of you, maybe you like me, you thought and you've had a feeling, right? That God was absent, that God wasn't there. And if you were super religious and you say, no, I've never felt that way, the Bible says you're a liar. In Isaiah 59, chapter one, in verse one, it says this, it says, listen, the Lord's, the Lord's words are not too weak to save, the Lord's arms are not too weak to save you, nor is his ear too deaf to hear your call. When our life is not quite what we think it should be, when we think things are kind of falling apart and we think things should be different, our tendency is our willingness to, to follow and to listen to this voice is high. Our tendency is to say, you know what? God is too far. God doesn't care. He can't help me. He can't provide for me. That is our tendency. This was a situation where Israel was facing something crazy. They were in the midst of some painful, jacked up stuff. And they're just like, God, are you even there? Even in their silent mumblings, it says, that they were just grumbling against God, that they were just kind of just miserable and doubting that God could care for them. Our tendency is to land in this camp and to listen to this voice, but God's saying, listen, in all things, I want you to hear and see that you should land in this camp, that it's not that I'm distant, but that it's, I'm present. It's not that I don't love you, but it's that I love you immensely. It's not that I don't want you to, 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 to experience life, it's that I want you to know life to its fullest, and I want you to embrace it and run in the life that I have for you. Because listen, this world is broken. Sin is present. And as long as this world is in the condition that it's in, and until Jesus comes back, suffering and pain is a reality. It is something that we all will endure, and it's something that we all will go through. But it becomes a dangerous place for us when we're in those moments, and we allow our heart to begin to get question God's goodness, and even in the most subtle ways, we stop pursuing him. Because what happens is when we allow our heart to move to a place where we're doubting and we're listening to this voice is that we stop trusting him. And when we stop trusting him, then we stop pursuing him. And you're like, I don't know. I mean, I can doubt God. And yeah, it is true. There is okay to have doubts. If you don't have doubts, then pinch yourself, slap yourself, wake up, right? Have somebody talk to you and speak some truth to you. We all have doubts. But when those doubts begin to move our hearts to the understanding of who God is and the goodness of God, and it begins to shape our understanding of God and his love for us in the wrong direction, then it allows us to stop trusting God. And when we stop trusting him, we stop pursuing him. Come on, it's like if you've ever had kids and if you had a babysitter who's constantly late every time you ask her to be there, right? Or him or whatever you allow, right? And then 
Not only are they late, but every time you come back, your kids are never in bed. They've got M&Ms stuck in their hair. There's maple syrup spear, you know, smeared everywhere. They're running around like little Tasmanian devils, right? And they're just like, I charge $35 an hour, right? <laughs> At some point, you stop trusting that person, and you're going to stop pursuing that person to be your babysitter, right? If it takes you more than once, let's talk about the parenting class that we got coming up, all right? Like... There's this reality that when we lose trust in someone that we will stop pursuing relationship with that person. If we listen to this voice and we listen to the reality that says, hey, listen, God is distant, God doesn't love you, and your circumstance is proof of that, then you don't trust them and you're gonna stop pursuing them. But in your situations and in your trials, as painful as they can be and as difficult as they can be, if you remain faithful and trust God and say, even in this, you have something for me. Even in this, you're doing something. Even in this, just like your word says, you're going to make it for my good. Even in this, I'm going to be able to rise above this and see you and know you and experience you in a whole new way. You trust him. He keeps you in that. And not only do you trust him more, but you pursue him more. And you begin to see his pursuit of you and experience his love and his goodness to you. So let's read our main text in Romans chapter 8 with all of that in mind. That was just the introduction. Are you guys awake? Mom told me I couldn't be born tonight. She said she might fall asleep. All right, Romans chapter 8. You're welcome, Mom. Verse 35. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. That's encouraging, isn't it? Verse 37, no, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us. And I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Let's pray. Father, we just pray. God, that you speak to us tonight. God, I just pray that your Holy Spirit just invades the space. God, in all things that you are at work, drawing us close to you. God, that your love for us is so deep. Your love for us is so overwhelming. God, I know that you have divine words for people in this room tonight. I know there's people in this room that are desperate. I'm desperate. We're desperate for healing. We're desperate for answers. We're desperate for provision. We're desperate for meaning. 
Are we things we need, got things in our lives that we need fixed? And I pray, Lord, that tonight that your word will not just help us to see words that are on a page. God, the truth, the power, and the life of your word, of Jesus Christ, that is this overwhelming victory that is ours. God, his love. God, may it be sensed, may it be felt, may it be known. God, may everything in us just feel your arms, embrace us in this moment, and speak to us. God, anything that's holding us back, anything, God, that's keeping us from listening to you, God, I pray that you break those things. God, your Holy Spirit, move in this place. Oh, we love you and praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right. So as I, as I look at this text and, and as I think about this for this message tonight, just got three points that we're going to talk about, and then we're just going to see what Jesus does with the rest of the time. But my first point that I have for you tonight is, is that our confident hope gives us an assurance of victory. Our confident hope gives us an assurance of victory. Now, when I think about this, I just today, we had, uh, Rylan just turned six years old yesterday, so we just had a, uh, we, we took her out last night and then had a big party for her today, and, and it was so much fun just hanging out with her and her friends and watching her just be a six-year-old little princess. She's just so adorable, and, um, and it was just so fun watching her friends interact and, and watching Braden trying to figure out his place in a space with a bunch of girls. It was awesome. And, and so I, I'm, I'm sitting there just loving the moment. And, and we went out and we did this uh, over at Waynesburg in this, this big park they have called Kidsburg, which is just awesome. I wish we had things like that when I was a kid. But um, they have a zip line over there. I mean, come on, it's just awesome, right? We didn't have that when we were kids, right? Had half broken monkey bars, right? And so... <laughs> So we're out there, and they got this like skating, ice skating type thing, but it's plastic. It's not ice. It's like this plastic, and they buffer it and spray this like stuff on it. And then they give you skates, but they're like thicker, um, and you're supposed to like really skate on these things. Have you guys ever heard of this or seen this stuff, right? And, and like they're just like, oh, it's easier to skate. It's lies. It's all lies. It was horrible. I'm just out there just like just dealing with this, and I'm just like, I'm out there like literally, I just like maneuver and manipulate myself like this. I know it looked awesome, and I'm just like this, and I get to the middle of the rink, and I'm just like, I'm standing here to take pictures of my daughter. That's what I'm going to do, right? I was frustrated. I was like, I can't move. I can't do anything, right? And I just laughed about it because we all want the victory, right? We all want to be able to just to bust out there. Braden even said it, right? Braden's just like, dad, I'm trying to figure this out because I'm going to be a hockey player, right? And so I was just like, okay, whatever, dude, hockey player today, whatever, ballerina tomorrow, we'll see, right? And so it's like, he's just talking and, uh, it, it's, and he's just saying that stuff. And then like literally two minutes later, he comes up to me. He's like, dad, like I need to go change my skates because I just found out I have figure skating, you know, figure skating skates. I need to have hockey skates. And I was just like, okay, whatever, dude, just keep the ones you got on, all right? And he's just like, no, I was like, it's not going to make a difference until you figure out how to move, right? You cannot be a hockey player today. Hockey player is way down the line for you right now. You just got to figure out how to stand up and move, right? He wanted to be a hockey player in this instant. We all want the victory, right? We don't want to deal with the battles. But you can't have victory if you don't go through the battles. 
And so when we look at the scripture, our hope and our, our confidence in this scripture is God is speaking to us is, is that we have an assurance of victory. If you and I knew that if we had to put in some hard work on something, but yet at the end of the day that we were going to receive what we hoped for, we would do whatever it took. If I was to stand up here and say, hey, tomorrow I'm going to ask somebody to come here and scrub this entire floor with a toothbrush. And if they scrub this entire floor, every square inch with a toothbrush and make it spick and span and shining and beautiful, I'm going to give you a million dollars. There would be a line out that door, right? There'd be a line out the door. For most of you, you'd be like, whatever, he doesn't have a million dollars. So let's make it more relevant if I had a million dollars right here. And I said, hey, this million dollars is going to be yours. You would be lined up at the door because you're like, I see what I want. And if I have to go through this to get it, then I'm willing to do it. But when it comes to life, when it comes to the things that we go through, and a little bit of hardship pops in our life, we're like, why, God? Right? Walk out and we get a flat tire and God hates us. What's the deal with that, right? Or we go through our life and we're, dig- we're struggling in our, in our marriage or we're struggling with different things that are happening and we start questioning everything. God, why did you give me the spouse, right? Why is this happening? God, why is this taking place? And we're sitting there just looking at it. Maybe there's something that God wants to do in that situation. Maybe there's something God wants to work in you and through you in that situation. That if you hold true and say, I know that God, what we just read in this book right here, it says that he works out all things for my good. And if that is true, and if he has a hope for me, and if he loves me the way that this thing says that he loves me, there is something that I know that I'm going to get at the end of the road. And I have an assurance that if I stay true to where I'm at, and I give this situation to Jesus, that I will know and see and experience victory. There's a battle present, but because the battle is present, one day I know that I will have victory. Man, we want to go through life, and we want to be victorious. We want to stand tall, and we want to be strong and have these amazing stories, but we don't want to go through the stuff that produces the stories. God wants to work in you and through you, and that means in all of your situations and circumstances. Because of our choosing because of the human condition because of sin we have chosen to be in an imperfect world that is broken and distant from God that is the reality that we're in and God has us here he's not going to just instantly remove us but he's going to keep us here and as he keeps us here he's going to reveal himself to us and he's going to reveal to us who he has us to be and who he dreams us to be and he does that through our trials he does it through our circumstances Listen, our trouble does not strip us of his love, but trouble may so darken our perceptions that we cannot see his love. We need to make sure that as we're going through troubles and difficulties, that our eyes are so set on him that just because something's present that is difficult and painful, it doesn't darken our understanding and our perception of his love for us. Because when we get into that place, it's a dangerous place that moves us to a place of distrust instead of trust. So we need to hold true and say, I trust you, God. I know that I'm in something right now that I don't want to be in, but I'm going to hold true to your word. I'm going to hold true to your promises. And my faith, my hope is not in this. My faith and my hope is in you. My faith and hope is not in the things that I can find in this world, but they're in you and the love that I find in you. God, you're my everything. I'm placing my hope in you and you alone. And when we do that, God keeps us and he helps us to not only just trust him, but pursue him. And as we do that, we end up in this relationship where we're experiencing God even in the most difficult 
and painful of times. I think another thing too is, is that it's easy, and I think there's a challenge for us in the scripture that not only in the difficult times can that cloud our view of God's love for us, but also too in the good times and the blessed times. That oftentimes we can get into this place where we're so full of things that can provide joy to us other than God that that begins to diminish our longing for his presence. And when we end up in that place, we find trust and we find fulfillment in things other than God. At some point, we're going to find that they just can't meet our demands. And we instantly blame God when they begin to fail us. We've got to stay true and stay strong and know that God has a victorious life for us. And we have an assurance of that. Listen, as you're going through life and you see things happen in your life, it's okay to know. Am I telling you to walk around and say, you know what? There's no troubles. There's no pain. Everything's perfect. He, right? I go to city life. I'm a Christian. Everything's happy. He, right? Don't do that. One, because you'd be weird, right? Two, we'd have the elders talk to you if you did that all the time, right? But like, like go through, like it's not something that we should do as Christians. Just go through and say, suffering's not real. Pain's not real. I talk to people all the time and they're just saying stuff, you know, I just got to say in faith. No, right? Right? There's stuff going on. It's okay to identify it, right? But don't let that thing determine your life. Don't let that thing determine your attitude. Don't let it determine your faith and your hope. Let, let it be real. Let you feel it. Go through it. Deal with it. When I'm talking to my kids all the time, sometimes they just want to say, I just want to move past it. No, we got to talk about it. But dad, I don't want to talk about it because when I talk about it, I get upset. Good. Feel why you're upset about it, right? Because when you identify that, then you begin to identify the bigger things that can help you to move on. As Christians, we can feel like that if we're living in this place where we're discouraged or we're disappointed that we're wrong, that God is ashamed of us, that God is mad at us. No, disappointment and hope can coexist in your life. They can be in the same place and it's okay. It's what you do with that disappointment that changes you and that says, I'm following and trusting God or I'm not. The disappointment, the pain, the suffering, the loss, it's okay to see them. It's okay for them to be real, but don't look at them and say, God doesn't love me. God is far from me. God is, doesn't care for me. Look at them and say, I don't know what's going on. I don't know why this is here. I made a bad decision. I did something stupid. This person hurt me. This world is just broken. Bad things are gonna happen, but I know that God is gonna do something through it. I know that God's gonna work something out for my good. I know that God is gonna help me to be victorious over this one day because God through Jesus Christ is victorious over all things. There is nothing left in this world that can come against me. I can stand strong in the love and the grace and the goodness of Jesus Christ. So the question that Paul asks here is, is what do we have to fear as long as we have Christ? The question that answers itself, but the question that remains is, is do you have Christ? Has his love captured you in a way that you can't do anything but think of his goodness? Has his love captured you in a way that when things just fall apart, that you sit back and you just say, God, I don't know why. God, I hurt, but I worship I lift my hands to you, I lift my voice to you. When things are distracting and when things are just swirling about and you just feel lost and feel like in chaos, do you run to God and just fall at his knees and say, I need you? Or do you run to him and say, why, and point fingers at him? Or do you just run away from him? 
Listen, when things happen, they're gonna happen, but our job is to say, God, you're gonna do all things. I have this assurance of the victory of life through Jesus Christ that holds true, and I'm gonna stand tall in this moment, no matter how it feels, and I'm gonna hold on to you because nothing, nothing can come against me. And secondly, our confident hope in Christ gives us an assurance of victory, but it also shows us the abundant victory of love. As a believer, our hope is abundant, and it's overwhelming, even in the midst of suffering, because it not only preserves us in the midst of trouble, but it makes us stronger through our troubles. The American Indians, they used to have a, a belief back in the day that they would, when they were in battle, and they would take their tomahawk, and when they would kill somebody with their tomahawk, that when they took that person out with their tomahawk, the strength of that person would come into the arm of the warrior that killed them. So every battle that they went through was a battle that produced strength in them to overcome the next battle that they were going to have. Every time they went through something, it made them stronger for what they knew was going to be ahead of them. Listen, God does the same thing for us, that when we go through battles and we have hope and we have trust in God that he cares for us and that he loves us and that he's got us and that he keeps us, when we go through battles, we don't go through it and it's like, whew, barely made it through that one. Thank God that thing's over because that was just awful, right? Man, when God does something for us that's miraculous, when God does something for us that nobody else can do, when impossibilities are made possible, when pain and suffering is removed, when things that are broken and just jacked up, God steps in and restores and heals. When people are walking in pain and suffering and they have no hope and medicine says there's nothing we can do for you, and in an instant God miraculously heals and changes a life, that person doesn't go, that battle just kind of stunk and I'm glad it's over. That person screams and says, you know what, look at my God did for me. And you know what? There's something else coming up and I know that he can do even more for me now, right? When we go through and we experience a battle and a struggle, a difficult time and a difficult moment, when we hold true to God and our hope and our faith is found in Jesus Christ, he brings us through that. We find victory and that victory produces an abundant, overwhelming understanding of who God is in our lives. It makes us stronger. It makes us live for him that much more. It makes us that much more passionate to say, God, I want to give you everything. God, if you can do that with that situation, what can you do with this one? God, I want to step into anything that you could have for me because I'm not going to worry about it. It removes fear and worry, and it gives us faith and confidence. And God works through the struggles and the difficulties that we have so that we can know that he is for us. And his love is abundant because it's not just for one day when it's all over, when, when it's all said and done, Jesus comes back, then at that point, everything's gonna be over. It's also because he has a promise and a victory for us today. It's here, it's now, it's in this moment. It's moment by moment, God is there for us, cares for us, loves us, and is providing for us. It's abundant because it gives all things that we go through purpose and meaning. At some point, maybe you're in a place right now where you're just like, why am I dealing with this? At some point in your life, it will have meaning and purpose for the glory of God and for your good. It's going to help you to stand taller and stronger. It's going to help you to have a testimony of God's faithfulness, his goodness, his love for you that nobody else can have. You're going to be able to speak into somebody else's depravity, life. 
because God has worked through you. Man, that's what God does. That's why his victory is abundant for us because he's an amazing God and he's a loving God who promises victory to us, ensures us that victory is ours. Thirdly, our confident hope shows us that our confident hope shows us the love that makes us victorious. Listen, we are who we are. We do what we do. We go through life and we deal with things the way that we deal with things. But his love for us should be the defining reality of who we are. We don't just accept who we are and stay in that place, but we are constantly saying, God, I want you to move me to a new place. God, I want to be a better person. God, I want to be a better father. I want to be a better husband. God, I want to be a better friend. I want to be a better employee. I want to be a better boss. That We're just saying, God, I want you to do these things. I want you to move in me. And as you go through the difficult times, he's shaping your character and helping you to be able to do that and to know that. He's also showing you that he's giving you the love that you need to be victorious. Because we can go through life and we can feel alone at times and we feel like we're standing there and everybody's staring at us to make a decision or to do something that we know we need to do. We don't feel the strength to do it. But if you know who God is and you truly have been captured by the love of Jesus Christ, in that moment you are not alone, but you are standing with the creator of the universe who's speaking to you, looking in your eyes and saying, get up. Stand strong. You've got nothing to fear. I've conquered it all. I've defeated this moment already. Let's do something together. That's where God has you, and that's what he's doing for you. When you look at your past, and you think about who you were, and all that happened in your past, and all the things that you did, God's love has covered that. His grace has covered that. He has forgiven you for that. Yes, it is a reality that is present in your story, but it no longer keeps you there. It helps to move you forward to where God has you. Your present reality is what it is. It is either good or it's not, or things are awesome or things are not, but where you are right now does not define God's love for you. Where you are right now is where God has you, and he wants you to know his love in this moment. And in the future, your hope is, your love is, his love is, is that one day you will be with him for all of eternity. And any pain that you have now and any suffering that you have now, it will be gone. Everything that we have is based on his love for us. Now I ask the worship team to go ahead and come up. This morning, as I was praying for tonight and praying for this message, I was in the kitchen just pacing back and forth because we all know that when we pace, we're really praying. Yeah. And so I was praying and just walking back and forth. And as I was praying, I'm a little ADD if you don't know that. And I was praying and I looked at the fridge and I saw a picture of my kids. It was a picture of Rylan, and it was a picture of Brayden. It was their school pictures. And when I looked at them, I just literally started weeping, and I was just crying. And I was like, God, thank you so much for my children. I love them so much. Oh, man, I just kept just thanking God for them and just thanking God for my family. I literally was just moved. Not only am I a little ADD, but I'm a little bit emotional. I can cry really easily. And, and so I was just like, oh, that's just, you know, what it was. It was just a moment. I just love my kids. So went on and continued studying and praying. And then we 
left and we had to get you know, everything set up for Rylan's birthday and then we went and had her birthday and did all that fun stuff and crazy stuff and I was driving back by myself to the house and to get my stuff so I could come out here and I was driving back and I know exactly where I was. I live out near the Jamestown settlement and I was coming across the Powhatan Creek right there on that bridge. And all of a sudden the picture of my kids popped into my head again. It just popped in. But the crazy thing is, is when it popped into my head, it wasn't just the picture of my kids. It was, I finally realized what that picture was and I saw what those pictures were. See, our kids unfortunately have cheap parents and we're not gonna buy school pictures just because I take pictures on my phone and so I'm not gonna spend $150,000 on pictures of them with a bad backdrop. (laughs) But to entice us, and because so many people are falling in that camp, they do all kinds of stuff and so now they send home these pages with your picture's kid on it and all these things that your kid's picture could be on. But in my mind, what drew me to was not that. What drew me to is that across the kids' pictures, this giant word that says proof. In the moment when I looked at their picture, I didn't even notice the word proof. All I saw were my children, who I love my children for, who I know them to be, all that I hope them to be, all that I dream for them. That's what I saw in that moment. I didn't see this big word, proof. It was big, it's huge. I went back and looked at it, it's there. What I saw was my kids. Listen, God's love for you is so real and his love for you is so strong that when he looks at you, he doesn't see the sin that you carry. He doesn't see the bad choices that you've made. He doesn't see the times that you've run from him. He doesn't see any of those things. What he sees is his child. What he sees is everything that a father would see in his child who's just captured in love for them, that is just over the top, overwhelmed, and in deeply in love with his children. That's what he sees. And oftentimes we get into a place that we think that God sees everything else other than us being his child. But his grace and his love is so strong, it's so big that he sees you for who he wants you to be and he sees you for who Jesus Christ has made you to be, which is his child, which is spotless, which has every reason for hope, which has every reason for joy and every reason for peace. And it has every reason to stand in victory, to lift up our hands and lift up our heads and say, I in this life today and in eternity will be victorious because Jesus is victorious. I have every reason to hope. And no matter how crazy my life is right now, I've got every reason to live for him. So as I close, I'm gonna read you a verse out of 2 Timothy, and then I want us to do something. We're out of time to close, but I'm just gonna ask you to just not even worry about the clock, because I really, really feel like the Holy Spirit has something for us. And I want you to be open to that. Chips and sauce will be just as good. We got two voices that are trying to speak to us the reality of God's love. It's either distance, impotent, cold, unable, or God's love is powerful. It's all-consuming. 
His love is what can give you the reason to stand strong and be victorious in any situation. We've got two voices speaking to us. Which one are we gonna choose? In 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 10, so I am willing to endure anything if it will bring salvation and eternal glory in Christ Jesus to those God has chosen. Verse 11, listen to this. This is a trustworthy saying. If we die with him, we will also live with him. If we endure hardship, we will reign with him. If we deny him, he will deny us. If we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny who he is. What I believe God has for us tonight, what I feel like we need to do tonight, is that we need to stand up, we need to lift our hands and lift our voices and say, I am your child. God, I know that to be true and I embrace that. God, I don't look at myself the way that I look at myself. God, I wanna look at me the way that you look at me. And God, I wanna be aware, not of my circumstances, but I wanna be aware of your love for me. And if you're here tonight and you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you've made a vow of devotion to say, you are my Lord and Savior then this is just as much for you tonight. This is just as much for you and I to stand there and to say, I can get distracted, God. I can lose my place and I can begin to not trust anymore. And as I don't trust, I stop pursuing you. And if you found yourself in that place where you've stopped pursuing, then ask God to restore your trust and help him to rethink and change the perspective of your situation so that you see his love and his grace. And if tonight you don't have a relationship with him, you don't know who Jesus is, then tonight what I want you to do is where you are, say, I wanna have a reason for hope. I wanna live a life of victory. I wanna know what it is to walk with strength and confidence. I wanna know what it is to be loved and not alone. I wanna know those things. Jesus is the answer, he is the way, he is the only way. And if you say, I wanna be yours, God, I wanna trust and believe that Jesus has made that possible. I believe in an instant that he will make you you, his, and he will begin to change your life in that moment. So what I want us to do is, is I want us to sing. I want us to give our all. I want us to lift our hands and worship. I don't want us to worry about the clock. I'm gonna tell you right now, we're not just singing one song, all right? We're not just singing one song. I already know what the next song is, right? If you're like, I got things to do, God's got things he's wanting to do in your heart. Don't move past this moment. Don't move past this situation. Let God speak, let him invade. Last thing is this. There are people over here on either side of me. These are leaders in the church. These are people that are faithful to the church, faithful to God. These are people that God wants to use to minister to you. Tonight, if you are in a situation where you're facing something that is beyond your means, beyond your ability, you find yourself in a place of discomfort, you find yourself in a place of distrust, you find your place just wondering and saying, God, I need something. These are the people that need to pray with you. If you find yourself just hoping and longing for something, you're sick, I've just, I felt like tonight before worship even started, that God wants to heal somebody in this place tonight. And if you need a touch in your body, you need to go to pray these people. James chapter five, it says, if you go to the elders of the church, they anoint you with oil and prayer over you, that God will make you whole and well. Let's believe it tonight. In our sickness, let's have victory tonight in Christ Jesus. Let's not just sit and wait for the end of service, but let's say, God, you have something for us. You don't just wanna speak to me so that I can say, cool, but I can just say, God, you wanna speak to me. You wanna invade my heart. You wanna change everything about me. God, you wanna pull me closer to you. You want me to help to live this victorious life. 
What it starts is in our worship to God. Tonight I was just sitting there just all over the place, just all the things that are going on. And we were standing right here in our pre-service meeting and Hannah's like, hey, I just need to pray for you. Oh, man, it began to shift everything in me. I just felt peace. I just felt this, this rest. I just felt this assurance because his believers, my family, were praying for me. And then when worship started, listen, I'm the whitest person in here. I was jumping, I was lifting my hands. I don't care what I look like. Maybe some of you were laughing and you were distracted and you want to talk to Pastor Fred about it. I don't even care because I was lost. I was lost in the love of God. Listen, if you find yourself in a place that's outside of an understanding, an overwhelmment, uh, just, uh, just, just a sense of just like God is so real and he's so present, stand up tonight, pray, call out to him, lift your hands, worship, go to somebody and let them pray for you and let God jump into your space and show you what he's doing in your life. Stand with me and lift up your hands and voice. Oh, Cry. 